Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to the newest edition of the Sports Stove Podcast brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Go visit online bellyupsports.com and see all the different podcasts and articles and things that are available there on bellyupsports.com. Today we're talking about the NFL. We're officially halfway through the NFL season. And so that brings us to the midseason awards time. We're going to talk about some players who stood out so far and a little bit about end-of-the-season stuff as well. So let's just jump right into the MVP conversation. We talk MVP, you always talk quarterbacks. Right now there's two quarterbacks on the top of that list. Patrick Mahomes, 21 touchdowns to one interception over 2,300 yards, most yards so far of any quarterback in the NFL. Not the most touchdowns with 21, but only one interception. That's a pretty good ratio, I would say. Russell Wilson is the other quarterback that's right there uh, with him in the MVP conversation with their team at one loss. Russell Wilson, 2,100 yards, 26 touchdowns, six interceptions. So he leads the league with touchdown passes, 26, and Only six interceptions, just not quite as good as Patrick Mahomes there. Tom Brady is a little bit in this discussion as well. He's had a pretty good season so far, but his yardage isn't up there, uh, and neither really is his touchdowns uh, with Mahomes or Wilson. Aaron Rodgers, kind of the same thing. He was in that conversation. His his numbers are pretty good. He's still under 2,000 yards, but uh, touchdowns to interceptions is incredible. Only two interceptions, but... When it comes down to it, that he kind of that Tampa game kind of pulled Rodgers out of it. So in case Mahomes and Wilson kind of dive here later in the season, then he is probably out of the conversation. Others in the MVP race: Derrick Henry, 775 yards rushing, eight touchdowns so far. He's been very dominant. I don't think he's going to beat out Wilson or Mahomes. Kyler Murray is the interesting one as well. He has uh, over 1,800 yards passing, 13 touchdowns to seven interceptions. He's also rushed for 544 yards and four touchdowns. So his name is up there right now. At the midseason award, though, I, I give the MVP to Russell Wilson. 26 touchdowns leading the league, also leading his team with a great record here so far in the first half. And I would say that uh, Kansas City's more talented than Seattle. And so that gives me the bump to Russell Wilson, my midseason MVP, Russell Wilson, quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. We're not going to do offensive 
player of the first half of the NFL season because, well, all the guys we mentioned in the MVP are in the same running for that as well. But defensive player of the first half of the NFL. Everyone talks about Aaron Donald, and they should. He is a dominant force up front for the Los Angeles Rams. Nine sacks, three forced fumbles, and seven tackles for loss on the year. The stats cannot... Uh, show the impact that Aaron Donald has every single snap. He's constantly being double teamed, yet he's still constantly putting pressure on the quarterbacks. But a player that is that is stat-wise right there with Aaron Donald is Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett has nine sacks as well, four first forced fumbles, one more than Aaron Donald, five tackles for loss. He's been very good, but Cleveland has not been that great. Then T.J. Watt, the, uh, the the Watt brother that's now being talked about the most. Uh, J.J. used to be that guy. T.J. Watt comes into the or gets as at the midpoint of the season six and a half sacks, twelve tackles for loss, and twenty one quarterback hits. Twenty one quarterback hits. Donald, I believe, has fifteen, and Garrett, I believe, has twelve. T.J. Watt is is just constantly being at the quarterback and uh, causing all kinds of disruptions in the backfield. Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, my defensive player of the half year, goes to T.J. Watt of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I believe that he has been as dominant as Aaron Donald, and I believe he has had more of an impact than Aaron Donald to this point in the season, although Aaron Donald's great and may end up winning defensive player of the year when it's all said and done. The midseason award from the Sports Stove goes to T.J. Watt. I'm sure he'll be ecstatic to hear that he's received this award. Offensive Rookie of the Year. We've got some good rookies this year. Joe Burrow, 2,200 yards passing, 11 touchdowns, and 5 interceptions. We talked about him in a past episode, and he's just exciting to watch. He's constantly in games doing things for Cincinnati that we haven't seen done for them in quite some time. Then there's Justin Herbert. He hasn't started as many games as Burrow, so his numbers are a little bit lower in the yardage department. 1,800 yards. He has 15 touchdowns and also five interceptions. So four more touchdowns than Burrow and uh, about 400 less yards than Burrow. Herbert's gaining on him right now, and he's playing some good football. The uh, Chargers nor the Bengals are winning games right now. And that's a little bit of a problem. But when you're talking about rookies, what can you expect out of them? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the uh, running back coming into the season. Everybody thought would be the front runner for rookie of the year or at least push Joe Burrow, and he is. 572 yards rushing, two touchdowns, 25 receptions for 204 yards. So he has almost 800 yards, uh, all-purpose yards. Uh, from the line of scrimmage and two touchdowns. He has been good. But again, you look at that Kansas City team, they're so talented. And now they've added more talent uh, to the backfield as well. So we'll just see how the rest of the season goes. But the first half of the season, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been wonderful. Then, kind of a surprise, and he's in the running, Pittsburgh wide receiver Chase Claypool. He doesn't have a ton of receptions with 23 catches, but he has 375 yards and he leads rookies with five touchdown receptions. There are some good um, running backs in the, uh, or excuse me, receivers in the league this year, and Claypool is is becoming a a big threat 
for Pittsburgh. He's a touchdown machine with five touchdowns so far. Pittsburgh is undefeated. There's a lot that plays into that. Claypool is kind of that dark horse guy for the full season rookie of the year or offensive rookie of the year. But we see here he has definitely had a strong first half of the season. Offensive rookie of the half year goes to Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals. To this point, he has been, in my opinion, the best rookie uh, out of all of them, even though there's many of them that are contributing. You could talk about Jefferson in Minnesota, talk about Higgins in Cincinnati. There are many different uh, rookies out there that are really uh, um, playing big roles for their teams right now. But I think Burrow has been by far the biggest improvement of any of these receiver, or excuse me, any of these rookies coming into this year so far. He's made his team better, more so than the other rookies. Defensive rookie of the half year, Chase Young was the the biggest rookie being talked about defensively coming out this year. He has two and a half sacks and 15 tackles. Patrick Queen in Baltimore, he has two sacks, 35 tackles. He's had quite the year so far. Tampa Bay drafted Antoine Winfield Jr. He has two sacks, 25 tackles, one interception. And then Dallas's Trevon Diggs, he has one sack, 34 tackles, and two interceptions. Now, I think when you're talking about tackles, Looking at defensive linemen and linebackers, those kind of mean more than defensive backs because when you're talking about Dallas, for instance, well, everybody's throwing on Dallas and and he's having to make a lot of tackles. But he's doing it. Trevon Diggs is and really showing up here as a rookie, but uh, with that one interception or two interceptions, excuse me, and then also a sack and 34 tackles. For me, the defensive rookie of the half year comes down to Patrick Queen in Baltimore Antoine Winfield Jr. in Tampa Bay. Again, having an impact immediately for their teams, making a difference for their teams defensively. The defensive rookie of the half year from the sports stove goes to Antoine Winfield Jr. of Tampa Bay. I feel like he has been uh, as dominant as any rookie defensive player, having the interception, the two sacks, and the 25 tackles going into a very solid Tampa Bay defense. Antoine Winfield Jr. is going to receive the sports stove half of the season defensive rookie of the year. Or I guess, more simply put, defensive rookie of the half year. Then let's talk about coaching. There are some uh, very good coaching jobs going on there. Matt Rule in Carolina, I think, has done very well, transitioning well. But he doesn't make the top three. I've got three coaches nominated for coach of the half year. Uh, we'll start in Miami, Brian Flores. Four and three. He uh, has benched his starting quarterback in place of the rookie, Tua Tungavailoa. And the Dolphins continue to play so strong under Brian Flores. I believe he uh, is has won nine of the last 16 games. I did not check that before I started recording this, but I believe that's the case. They obviously started off very poorly last year, but uh, then they had a solid ending to the season. Now 4-3, and three, Brian Flores is playing with less talent than most teams in the NFL, yet he's getting so much out of his team and is producing what is now a contender in the AFC East with New England not being very good, uh, the Jets being horrible, and the Bills not being able to dominate like maybe they should 
they are currently started. To, they're still winning games, but they're kind of falling back and making those games very tough to watch. So the Dolphins coach Brian Flores is in the running. Then you cannot ignore the undefeated team, Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin, seven and zero. Last year, I was starting to wonder if maybe Tomlin's time in Pittsburgh was coming to an end. He was just kind of mediocre. Uh, for the last couple years, in my opinion at least. And I'm sure Steelers fans won't feel that way in the last couple years. Last year they say, well, Ben was hurt. So, well, maybe so. But they were really bad when Ben went down. They need to be better than that. Well, this year they are. Pittsburgh 7-0, and the only undefeated team still left uh, standing in the NFL. Mike Tomlin has done a great job with the defense, with the offense. Everything seems to be fitting very well. He's getting young guys involved as well as the veterans. Mike Tomlin's doing a great job. Then, number three is Arizona Cardinals' Cliff Kingsbury. Five and two in the year. And if you listen to our NFL preview episode, I was very high on Arizona. felt like this was a team that was getting ready to make that next step. thought Seattle and San Francisco would fall back. Seattle's still really good. San Francisco's not looked good. But Arizona has stepped up their game. And at five and two, Kingsbury continues to to manage an offense in the NFL, and there was a lot of question about whether or not he could do that, considering that as a head coach in college, he wasn't very good, but he's an offensive-minded guy that is clearly knows how to use his players and put them in the best position to win. They add DeAndre Hopkins here in the offseason. That obviously helps them out a lot, and Arizona has uh, done great. So, Flores, Tomlin, Kingsbury are the candidates for Coach of the Half Year in the NFL. And the Sports Stove Coach of the Half Year Award goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers coach, Mike Tomlin. You just can't ignore 7-0. and No one else is there. There are one-loss teams. There are two-loss teams. There are a lot of good things out there. Flores, like I said, is doing great. I love what Kingsbury is doing in Arizona. But at this point, you just can't ignore undefeated. And Mike Tomlin gets that. Those are the awards, Sports Stove, half-year NFL awards uh, here, the midseason for the NFL, and it's been an interesting season so far. There's a lot of question marks as far as who teams are. Green Bay has looked great in, in their, their wins, and their loss to Tampa Bay, they, they looked very, very poor uh, against Minnesota, going down 28-14 in the second half. And uh, they just didn't look as as crisp as they had in their wins. So there's question marks about some of the good teams. Seattle, they're trying to get better on defense with the trades and different things going on. And here, here we sit at midseason with a lot of question marks. There's some things we don't question, though, and that's some of the bad teams. <laughs> the New York Jets, they have yet to win a game. They are. Um, well, they finally covered the spread against Buffalo, but they have been just so bad this season. Adam Gase continues to prove that he cannot be a head coach in the NFL, and it makes you wonder when the Jets will make a change. Will they wait till the new year? Will they or till the season's done? Are they fine with losing all these games so they can go out and get Trevor Lawrence? What is the deal going on with the New York Jets? Adam Gase is the problem in New York. The question is, is when will they find the solution? Then you've got the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so many assumed that they were going to be tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Then they start off the season with a big win against Indianapolis, but they've been pretty bad since then. Now Gardner Minshew with a broken foot. So everybody says Mike Lennon's coming in. Well, next thing you know, the reports come out. Jake Luton, the sixth-round draft pick out of Oregon State, who I had never heard of, is going to start for Jacksonville. 
He won't be the first quarterback I've never heard of starting in the NFL this season. Uh, here's to you, Dallas. But uh, Jake Luton uh, is getting the start for Jacksonville. What does this mean? It means they want that number one pick. They said the Jets aren't winning any games. They're not making it easy on us. We've got to do something. So instead of Mike Glennon, although I think you still lose most of the games of Mike Glennon, they're going to bring in Jake Luton and let him have a shot here in Jacksonville to start some games with Gardner Minshew being out. Then you've got the New York Giants. Man, New York teams aren't, aren't doing well this year. Uh, the Jets have yet to win. The Giants have won one. Daniel Jones does not look like the franchise quarterback in New York. And so the Giants struggling to get games. As soon as Saquon Barkley went down, that was the end of the Giants' season. And now they are fighting for that number one overall pick. And then you've got the lowly Houston Texans. First team to fire their coach this season and Bill O'Brien. And the Houston Texans, they've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I am all in on Deshaun Watson. But they trade away DeAndre Hopkins and they don't get anything back that's useful. And so, and so here you are, if you're the Texans fans, you've got to be so depressed right now because the Texans don't even hold their own first-round draft pick. It goes to Miami. So the Miami Dolphins, who are 4-3 and three right now, are fighting for the AFC East. They could end up with the number one or a number two or a top four draft pick here because the Texans are playing horrible this year. Houston, the one thing that you've got to assume throughout the rest of the season, they have no um, uh, no motivation to tank. So you've got to assume they're going to keep and continue to try as hard as they can as a coaching staff, um, as players, and as an organization to win some games here moving forward through the rest of the season. So they're a team to watch here in the second half, but currently they sit in the number four spot, and Miami just has to be drooling over the possibility of landing a top four draft pick. You look at these teams, the Jets, the Jaguars, the Giants, and the Texans, and you, the first question is, if they land the number one draft pick, how many of them would draft Trevor Lawrence? You have to assume that with the exception of the Texans, the other three teams, well, the Dolphins would ultimately be that spot they would take Trevor Lawrence and maybe the Dolphins too Dan Patrick said and Adam Schefter tweeted out as well that the reason why the Dolphins are playing Tua right now is because they understand they get they have multiple high picks because of the trade with the Texans last year for uh, Tunsil and so the thought is we need to know what Tua is and if Tua is our franchise quarterback then great and if we see enough out of him to realize he's not and we have a top two pick, then we're looking at Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Or you've got uh, also Lance out of there uh, out west that maybe if you're a little further down in the draft order in the top ten still, there's still quarterbacks out there. Now, I don't think the Dolphins are going to draft a quarterback in this draft, but uh, at least not early on. The Jets sitting there with Sam Darnold. What I mean... Trevor Lawrence or Sam Darnold? I would say Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars, Gardner Minshew and Jake Luton. Well, we haven't seen Jake Luton yet, but would you take Trevor Lawrence over either of those guys? Yeah. The Giants with Daniel Jones. What has Daniel Jones shown you? He's shown you that him and Jameis Winston would have a turnover battle, and Daniel Jones might win that. You see, those teams are still in need of a franchise quarterback, and Trevor Lawrence is going to be a franchise quarterback. Now, you've heard the talk about Trevor Lawrence. Is he going to actually play for the Jets if they're the number one draft pick? Listen, you heard that talk with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, and he was from Ohio, and yet still people were like, oh, he's not going to go to Cincinnati. He's going to hold out. He's going to tell them he won't play for him. 
none of that was true. It's just something to talk about leading up to the draft. Trevor Lawrence is going to the NFL. He's going to be drafted number one overall, and he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. Other players to look at in the NFL draft. You've got Justin Fields out of Ohio State. He is right now number two in the running for the Heisman behind Mac Jones of Alabama since Trevor Lawrence has come down with COVID. And so those two guys, they could be one-two depending on who's sitting there. Justin Fields will be the second quarterback drafted in the 2021 NFL Draft. Then you've got Penny Sewell from uh, Oregon. He's an offensive lineman, offensive tackle. Listen, the, the Jets, they need offensive linemen. The Jags, they need offensive linemen. The Giants, they need offensive linemen. Hey, the Dolphins, they need some more offensive linemen. He's going to be sitting up there at the top. Jamar Chase, he is supposed to be a top five wide receiver out of LSU. He's not playing this season. And uh, smart choice, by the way, for Jamar Chase. But he is supposed to be a dynamic wide receiver. Which of those teams could use wide receivers? Every single one of them. Jets, Jags, Giants, and Dolphins. The Giants, honestly, that's one of their biggest downfalls right now outside of Daniel Jones. They don't have receivers. And uh, so Jamar Chase is going to be up there. Patrick Sertain uh, out of Alabama, the cornerback, is another supposed top five player in college football right now. That will be available in the draft. And, uh, again, you talk about a dynamic defensive player. Who's going to say no to that? So these four teams currently battling for number one overall, the Jets, the Jaguars, the Giants, and then the Miami Dolphins because of the Houston Texans. They are dependent on the Texans to continue to fail and so that they can get another high draft pick. The NFL season is halfway and it has been a season so far to see. I will say this, that's important right now for these teams that are that are successful, that are doing well. They've got to find a way to stay consistent. I mean, you look at teams in the NFC East, for instance, and you say, well, you know, the Cowboys, they're out of it. They're horrible. They're no good. All those sorts of things. Well, guess what? They're still in this. <laughs> they, they could still host a playoff game, as a matter of fact. Right now, Dallas is 2-6. and six. They're sitting behind Philadelphia. That's three, four, and one. Washington is two and six or two and five um, as well. So you're, you're talking about these teams that have started slowly. Philadelphia has not looked good yet. They lead the division. They could host a playoff game. Washington. I mean, who would have thought that they would be? If you told anybody halfway through the season Washington will be number two in the East, everybody would have thought you were crazy. Yet, here they sit. We've got some great battles going on right now. In the AFC East, Buffalo 6-2, and two, but they don't look 6-2. and two, And Miami is right behind them at 4-3 and three, trying to catch them. Pittsburgh undefeated 7-0. and oh. They just beat Baltimore and put Baltimore two games back. But guess what? Cleveland's right there, too, at 5-3. and three. If they get it together, they still have a chance. In the AFC South, you've got Tennessee and Indianapolis, the only two teams in the South that have a chance. Both of them at five and two. In the AFC West, Kansas City's blowing everybody away, seven and one. But Vegas, four and three. They're a wild card team right now. Watch out for them. In the NFC, we've already covered the East. In the North, you've got the Packers and the Bears, both with five wins. The Bears have played one more game. They're five and three. The Packers five and two. 
And so you've got them battling it out in the NFC North. And the Bears don't look good. Nick Foles is not the answer in Chicago. And neither is Mitch Trubisky. In the NFC South, you got New Orleans and Tampa at 5-2. and two. This is being recorded before the Monday night football game. And so I'm assuming Tampa is 6-2 and two when you're listening to this and beat the Giants. But if they didn't, well, they're 5-3. and three. So you can just pretend like I got that one correct. New Orleans at 5-2. and two. Those two teams atop the NFC South. Then in the NFC West, Seattle 6-1. and one. And they are upgrading their defense through the trade uh, here at the trade deadline. Arizona five and two. The Rams are at five and three. San Francisco fourth place in the West is at five hundred four and four. There are no other teams even close to that. And last place in their division is the Bengals two five and one. Jacksonville and Houston one and six. The Chargers two and five. The Giants one and six. Minnesota two and five, Atlanta two and six. So San Francisco, poor guys, five hundred and yet still last place in the division. The Rams didn't look good this past week. Don't expect them to continue to, to be a winning football team uh, this season. But Seattle and Arizona fighting it out. So a lot of great battles right now throughout the NFL in the division races and for the playoffs. Remember, they've added a wild card team uh, for both both conferences here this season for the playoffs. So there's a slightly more opportunity now for these playoff uh, these teams to make the playoffs. And we're halfway through the season, but there is still a lot of football to play and a lot of opportunity out there. Thank you so much for listening to the Sports Stove Podcast. We are so excited to be able to bring to you our sports opinion and share these things with you. You can find us on Twitter at Sports Stove. And uh, that's where we, we post most of our opinions and thoughts uh, there. And, of course, you can find our, a little bit more about our web, our podcast at the website, bellyupsports.com. And, uh, and I encourage you to go and take a look at bellyupsports.com. There's apparel. There is articles. There are other podcasts that are there as well. Thank you for tuning in as we talked about the NFL at the midway point this season. And until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove.